was the launch. I gotta get rid of this piece of candy. Or I'll be spitting it on John and Gina in the front row. Last week, we launched our community life groups. It had been in the works, really, since 2019, trying to get that off the ground. And it was a huge success. Over 100 and some people attended the first week's sessions. Um, And that is the most we've had in groups since before COVID. (laughs) So uh, we began a new series to launch those groups on Sunday morning, Uh, AHA. You say, what is AHA? Uh, AHA is an acronym that Kyle Eidelman, I always have trouble with his name, uses in a book titled AHA, and, and it is simply when the light comes on. When the light comes on in, in your life, in, in you, you it, it's a God moment that literally um, changes everything. Uh, Woody and Greg had an aha moment coming up the road this, this past Thursday or Friday, whatever. Uh, I need to take care. You know, I've trusted Christ. I need to take care of my baptism, my first step. Um, make in, in my profession of faith and you know so it's it's an aha moment uh, I call it a God moment that changes everything um, it changes the trajectory of your life it will change the trajectory of your uh, eternal destiny it will change uh, the trajectory of your marriage your spiritual condition it's, it's when you have this awakening, and that was last week's, the light comes on. And we're using this, this book, this, this Bible study of Kyle's um, for the launch of our community groups, and we're doing three ser- a series on three messages, AHA, Awakening, Honesty, and the acronym of ACTION. And this morning's is honesty. There's actually 13 chapters in the book, and I, I don't. We've left it up to the facilitators to decide if they want to do the whole book, um, or if they just want to do these three messages and then move on to something else. Um, there is, uh, uh, you know, but honesty is today, and you can purchase the book or you can get it on a Kindle. In fact, if you uh, have been given access to Right Now Media through Big Branch Church, there's six, uh, uh, Kyle has six of those on um, Right Now Media that, that you can get to. And I would suggest that you go and, and listen to all of them and, and, or at least um, get you the book or some portion so that you can follow along. Um, a person's life collides with God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit and it changes everything in our lives. It'll change your lifestyle. It'll, it'll change your outlook. It'll, uh, it'll change your desires. Um, it, it'll change your future. 
it, it, it'll change your attitude. Um, it'll change the things we do and the way we act and the way we see things. And so it's, it's a complete spiritual transformation. And I, I said last week, aha cannot be fully explained. Um, there's this sense that for you to understand it, you have to experience it. When God gives you an aha moment and, and the Holy Spirit speaks to you, um, so it's, it's through stories that aha is best captured. And Jesus gave us one of those stories in Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 32. And these messages are pulled from that parable Jesus gave on the prodigal son, you say, what's a, what's a parable? It's a story that, that, that gives life implications, um, real life implications. It, and so last week was awakening. This week, as we've stated, we will cover honesty. Have you ever learned something, been taught or told by someone um, something about yourself or someone tells you something about yourself um, and it completely changes things for you? Anybody ever had that happen? Um, you were awakened to some truth about yourself and from then on you could never unhear that or you could never unlearn that about yourself. And aha entails, uh, though, more than just that awakening. Yeah, I, it, the light comes on. You know, I, I, this this has got to this has got to change. Uh, I'm I'm in a mess. Uh, I've made a mess of my life. And the, the but there's more to aha um, than just an awakening. It requires honesty. Honesty. No one wants to hear those things when someone comes. And uh, to be honest with you, no one wants to say things to you, uh, <laughs> to approach you about something in your life that, that's screwed up or a mess. And, uh, you know, uh, no one... None of us want to look in the mirror and <laughs> and admit to those things that we know are all jacked up in our lives. Um, I, you know, the, the, the one that you look in the mirror and say, I really haven't had real faith in years. I've just been pretending um, uh, I'm a hypocrite. You know, we, we want to say they're a hypocrite, but when it comes to looking in the mirror and saying I'm a hypocrite, you know, that, that's a whole different story. Um, I, I go shopping to spend money that I don't have to make myself feel better about things in my life that I can't control. That, that's, that's being honest. Um, 
I never, here's one, I, I never pick my Bible up or open it in my phone or on my iPad and even begin to read through it. I don't even know where my Bible is. Sometimes you just need to blow the dust off of it and go find it and, and get it out and, and read it. Um, or I don't have a devotion. God never has an opportunity to speak to me. And, and that's what a devotion is. It's you having a relationship with Christ where he has the opportunity to speak to you. So this morning we're going to read just a couple additional verses that we uh, read last Sunday morning from Luke 15, and we'll read, go back and pick up what also what we read last week so that you can get the full story in case you wasn't here. Luke 15, beginning with verse 11, and we'll read through verse 19 this morning. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, I kind of always disliked that portion because I was the baby in my family. Just kind of like puts me in a bad light, huh? <laughs> the younger one said to his father, my brother would say I'm still in a bad light, by the way. Um, father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. And not long after that, I want you to notice something that that in that passage that we sometimes miss. The older brother obviously missed it because he was selfish and jealous and, and envious, and yet it says that he divided his property between them. He went ahead and given both their shares. He divided his property between them, and not long after that, the young son got to gather all that he set, all that he had and set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living have ever been there after he had spent everything there was a severe famine in the in the whole country and he began to be in need yeah he's in need all right he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him in his fields to feed pigs. He became a pig sitter. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. And when he came to his senses, there's the aha moment, the awakening. When he came to his senses, he said to himself, here's the honesty, he said to himself, he looked in the mirror, he spoke, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. He was being honest. What spurred that honesty? There's always a desperate moment and a startling realization that comes upon us. When the prodigal son came to his senses, he was broke. He had squandered everything. He had become a pig sitter and was starving to the point that he was 
wanting to eat the pig's food. Now that's desperate. That's desperate. At that point in time, you have to make a decision because a decision is what changes everything. Until you make a decision, it's the only way to begin change. Tired of getting up with a hangover every morning. I've got to change. I'm going to make a decision. I don't want the cuffs put on anymore. Leave my car parked along the side of the road because I got a DUI. Now I'm not going to have my driver's license. I can't get to and from work. My family's going to go hungry. It takes a decision. I'm going to start going home after work instead of not going home and doing whatever it is because my kids need me to be there when they come in in the evening. <laughs> Somebody's been there. I'm going to quit having whatever it is that's separating my family. There's a desperate moment that we all have that brings us to the point that the light comes on. I've got to make a decision to fix this because I don't want to live this way anymore. And avoiding the brutal honesty will short-circuit the lasting change if, if, if that's all you do. If you just say, well, I see it, but I'm not going to make a decision and be honest with myself, then it won't last. There will be, no, be no lasting change in your life. When there is recognition without repentance, aha does not happen. Recognition, let me repeat that, when there is just recognition, I can see the mess, I'm, I'm, I'm all jacked up, I've made a mess of my finances, I've made a mess of my marriage, I've made a mess of my life. I'm not where I should be. Recognition without repentance, the awakening doesn't take place because there will be no lasting change. When the prodigal son came to his senses, the very next words was, he dealt with himself truthfully. He said to himself. Think about that. The awakening must lead to an honesty. When God speaks to you, you must be honest with yourself. Conviction. Conviction. When the Holy Spirit speaks to you about, man, you shouldn't be involved in this. I had a friend one time that was embezzling from a company. That, uh, and I'm not going to give you any details, but he came to me and he said, man, I don't know what to do. I said, you go be honest with whoever it is 
and plead and hope and pray that they're gracious and have mercy on you and plan on making restitution. But conviction must lead to confession. Conviction must lead to confession. Otherwise, there's a big difference between regret and repentance. Many of us have an awakening and regret, you know, that things turned out the way that they have. Or we don't regret our part in it. We regret that we got caught. (laughs) And that is not conviction with repentance. We regret that someone has noticed and point out our wrongs. But we'd rather continue to deceive them and, and prove ourselves right rather than actually confess the truth to ourselves. Caught and regret. Caught and regret is not confession and repentance. There's a big difference. An apology can be an expression of regret. I'm sorry. But a confession is admission of fault. Our politicians get caught in all kinds of stuff and say, I'm sorry, and continue to do the exact same thing with no confession of fault. I am sorry because I did wrong is what needs to be said. I am sorry because I have sinned. I'm sorry, honey, because I've lied. I'm sorry, sir, because I stole. I was selfish. I can go on and on and on. Dad, I, this boy had to say, Dad, I squandered everything you give to me to the point that I'm eating with pigs. I'm a pig sitter. I bet that isn't what his dad thought would happen when he'd give him half of his estate. I'm just a pig sitter. The son had not only had an awakening, the light came on, I'm in a distant country, I'm over here doing a bunch of stuff that I should not be doing, should not be involved in. I've, I've made a mess of my life, I'm all jacked up. But he also was honest with himself. He said to himself, How many in my father's hired servants have food to spare? Here am I starving to death. Well, that was the obvious if he's going to eat with the pigs. But I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, I'm going to confess. I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. He was being honest. He was dealing with the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on rock bottom. Sometimes you've got to get on rock bottom before you get on solid ground. Because Jesus is the rock of my salvation and his banner over me is love. 
little song we teach our kids. Huh. The son had had this awakening, and he was honest with himself, and he confessed, even not just to himself, but he confessed to his father, and he repented. Repentance is a decision to change. I'm going in this direction. It's jacked up, messed up, screwed up. And I'm going to make a decision to change my life. That's what repentance is. It's a confession with repentance, a decision to change. I know it's difficult. I've been there. It's also humbling. But when folks are confessing, there's also a question that has to be asked. Are you confessing simply because you're caught? Or are you sorry because you have had an awakening and because of a desperate moment, a realization has set in and I've got to change. I must confess and repent. The husband finds an email or text messages and the affair is undeniable. The parents, here's one that I can identify with, find a joint in the floorboard of the car and you've been discovered. Grades were finally posted and there's no denying now what's been exposed. Been there too. Mandy's probably not listening, thank God, but she had identified well with that when she moved off to Florida. I was spending all this money and the grades came in. Hmm. Thank God she had an awakening and was honest. I will give her credit. I had to go move her back to Moorhead where I'm closer. But <laughs> Well, the pregnancy test is positive. Caught and regret is not confession and repentance. And just because, just, just so you know, caught doesn't mean honesty is or is not sincere either. We must see confession and repentance. A child's hand in the cookie jar caught and is followed with, I'm sorry, caught in regret, I'm sorry. But usually what they're thinking is, I wish I'd had a better plan. <laughs> That's not confession and repentance. That's caught in regret. Confession and repentance is, I'm sorry, 
Yes, but I won't do this no more without asking. God expects confession and repentance that leads to change in our lives. And here's the beauty of it, Hebrews 4.13. You're caught before you even realize you're caught. Because God, it says in Hebrews 4.13, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of Him to whom we must give an account. The only thing that removes those from God's vision is confession. God, I'm sorry. Please forgive me of my sins. And at that point in time, God forgives you and forgets. God pulls that sin nail out of your wall and there's not even a hole. Now others may show you the hole. Or you may continue because of guilt and shame see the hole which the enemy will pile on you if he can. But God, there's no hole. Forgiveness with God is forgetting God removes it from your record and casts it as far as the east is from the west. Thank God when we've confessed our sins, God doesn't say, but you know when you did this and dangle it out in front of you like a carrot. Your husband will, your wife will, your mom, your dad. Not God. It's all under the blood of Jesus and he in that point in time looks at you through rose-colored glasses, Brother Dave used to say. He sees you, the blood of Christ that was applied to your life that forgive you. God already knows and He sees all. And He simply desires that we confess and repent. It's not a question of being caught. He already knows. The honesty that I'm talking about this morning is more than a simple acknowledgement. It is a brokenness. It's God, I'm sorry. Yes, because that's the right thing to do. But we must go beyond, I'm sorry. In an honest moment when no one else knows or is around, you must tell yourself the truth about yourself. And know that you are sorry and broken. Have you followed up an awakening by being brutally honest with yourself? Have you asked yourself the hard questions and answered honestly? What sin would be where to start? Have you confessed to God lately? Well, I never sin. Are you lying about anything else or just that? <laughs> we all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. 
I didn't say that. John penned it in 1 John chapter 1, verses 7, 8, and 9. And I want you to notice he said we, meaning Christians. John was a follower of Jesus. If we say we have no sin. It's not that we practice or we intend to. It's our nature. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. When's the last time that you sat with an open Bible and let God speak to you about your life? When's the last time as a parent you sat with your child and had an open, honest conversation about your life and theirs? I know parents who don't even know who their kids are. Don't have a clue what they're involved in. What's on your DVR history? What's on your computer history? Owners of Big Branch, can you even name one of our missionaries? When's the last time you prayed for Michael, Sarah, and those working in Big Branch youth ministry with our teenagers? Or when's the last time you prayed for Kristen and those teachers working in our kids' ministry? Or do you go home after church complaining and roasting them at the dinner table in front of your kids? Can you honestly this morning look me in the eye and say, I know for sure I died right this minute. Heaven is my home. Not you joined a church or you attend a church or or you were baptized. All those are right things to do and good things to do. But your faith and your belief better be wrapped around the cross that Christ died for my sins, was buried, and on the third day He arose. And I believe that's the power of God unto salvation that saved my soul. And I put my faith and trust in that act, that God accepted that as my payment. And then, as they did this morning, my next steps, I'm going to get baptized as a public confession of that faith that I have in Christ. Do you even care this morning Or are you concerned that your loved ones are heartbroken because you are not saved or backslidden? Are you minimizing or in denial about your sin or your lost condition? I can go on and on and on and on, but here's what I know. The Holy Spirit of God who is in this room this morning 
is already posing those questions to you. So I ask you, when's the last time you were just honest with yourself and said, this kid just said, and I've made a mess. I spent my inheritance. I'm living with the pigs, eating with the pigs. My dad's laborers, hired servants are doing better than I am. I'm going home. He had an awakening. The light came on. Woo! But he was also honest with himself. An awakening is great. Regret. Caught. Is what it takes sometimes. That desperate moment. But at that point, you've got to be honest. I've got to make a decision so that I change the situation. Because without a decision, nothing changes. If you're here this morning and you never trusted Christ, you're not a follower. You've got to make a decision. I'm going to put my faith and trust in Jesus. If you're a Christian here this morning... You are a follower. You're cold and indifferent. You don't have any concern about the things of God. You can't sing the anchor holds. You're mad at God. You're upset. You're whatever. You're disgruntled with people within a church. You're going to have to be honest. That really all that garbage that you're carrying around, bitterness and hatred and envy, it doesn't amount to much because God's good no matter what you're carrying around. Amen. I heard you, Rose. That's right. At some point in time, it's only by the mercy of God that you come to that realization and say, God, I'm sorry. And confess whatever that is, your part in it. And say, I'm going to get this right. Fourteen or fifteen years ago, I'd spent twenty years on the run. Been a youth director, assistant, associate pastor one of the largest churches in the tri-state. For 20 years after that, I wouldn't go in a church for a funeral or a wedding. Bitter. You want to know who bitterness hurts? The beholder. It's like drinking your own poison. Your own concoction that you screwed up, mixed up, bitter. In that little old white church that used to sit over there one Sunday morning, I had to be honest and make a decision. Go kneel and confess. 
God, I'm jacked up. You know what I realized? God wasn't mad at me. He just missed me. Woody, that's enough to make a Presbyterian shout right there. <laughs> God's not mad at me. He just misses me. I ask you this morning, will you be honest with yourself? Let's stand.